Welcome to the Filmmaker Mixer Podcast, the podcast by filmmakers for filmmakers. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, Jeff, as always. Jeff and I are writers and directors and passionate about the art of storytelling. Filmmaker Mixer is a creative hub where aspiring and established filmmakers come together to share experiences, insights, strategies, and inspiration. And today we are talking with Sandra Avila, a manager at Inclusion Management. Hello, everybody. This is the Filmmaker Mixer podcast, and we are continuing our amazing coverage with all of the talented folks that have descended on Austin for this year's Austin Film Festival. And today we are chatting with Sandra Avila. Sandra is a 23-year veteran in the entertainment industry. Sandra worked at Showtime, where she ran the Latino Filmmaker Showcase and worked on shows like Dexter, Barbershop, Resurrection Boulevard, and Queer as Folk. And currently, Sandra is a partner and manager at Inclusion Management. Sandra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So first, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get into the entertainment business and what made you make the choice to become a manager? So I've been in the business for 24 years now. I'm originally from South Texas. I was a TV baby, so both my parents worked. What that means is is that I, I had to entertain myself at, with television. And I was just so fascinated with entertainment, but I didn't know anybody that worked in the business. So... Um, I proceeded to find a way to educate myself on it. And so how did you start out? Did you um, start writing as a kid or you know, making little movies? Or what was your path to actually get into the business? So basically, I graduated from Loyola Law School and decided I didn't want to practice law. So <laughs> I actually was in Houston at the time and became involved in theater and really um, helping uh be involved in theater and produce that and uh you actually produced some plays and some shows i was in some and i produced some and i was involved in that and i just found the whole world kind of interesting and creative and exciting in a way that i really hadn't experienced before so i decided to make the move to la i told my dad listen i will fly you back just make the drive with me pack my car up and i didn't have a job and i went out there and Within two months, I landed a job as an assistant in TV development at Showtime Network. Oh, that's amazing. So uh, so you you and your dad road-tripped it to L.A., and within a couple months, you got a job. That's correct. Very good. Yeah, I'm curious, too, before we get to the next question, how maybe, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of managers probably don't also have law degrees. I'm curious how maybe that helped in a, in a unique way, uh, since you have a more unique background. Listen, I still use my law degree to this day. I mean, you deal with agents, you deal with entertainment lawyers. There are contracts that you have to go through and understand and to understand the legalese of it all and be able to explain that to your client along with their attorney is always super helpful. Um, So it has served me in this business just like I think it would in any other business. And that being said, kind of just to lay the foundation to the conversation, a lot of people ask all the time and they may get it confused. So Hopefully you can help bring clarity to this. What's the difference between a manager and an agent? So a manager is basically, it's more of an interpersonal relationship. Um, They're there to really strategize with you to help guide you in your career. Um, They're also there to help uh, give you development notes on your script. Um, They're there to set general meetings for you so they can get you introductions to executives, you know, in the business. Um, Agents, it's a bit more transactional. Uh, they're there to really get you jobs where we we'll, we we focus on the person. You know, we're a little bit of a therapist as well. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and so, uh, because I deal with diversity and inclusion, you know, communities that are not adequately represented um, in media, um, sometimes that comes with some stuff that, you know, imposter syndrome or self-sabotage, things that really, um, I help them navigate in the best way possible. And I feel being Latina myself, I, I understand what they might be going through. So is it fair to say it's more of a career shaper versus just someone who makes deals? Yes, definitely. I mean, it's it's just someone, it's, it's like any relationship. You know, you work together to move forward, and it's a lot of communication and discussion on what is going to help make the career happen in a way that's profitable, that's creative, and that's successful. I have a follow-up on that. I'm curious... Do you run into situations where when you're help, you you found a writer, let's say, you like their voice, you like their work, but maybe you realize, uh, and, and I'm saying this because we just had lunch with a, with a screenwriter who started out writing one genre and her manager discovered that she was actually really better at a different genre. Does that ever happen? I'm sure. I mean, I think, you know, it's around peeling the layers back on an onion, right? Especially with a young developing writer to see, you know, what they're best at and help shape and mold that, right? Uh, and also in response to what's selling in the marketplace, right? Because you have to keep that in mind with um, navigating your client's career. I've asked this question to managers before. I'm really curious to get your take on it. Um, like I said, Andrew and I attend a lot of film festivals and writers, especially new writers, are always asking, you know, how do I get a manager? How do I get a manager? And I wanna ask you that, but I'm gonna rephrase it a bit that I think is, is a little more relevant. Um, when do you think a writer needs a manager? That's a good question. I think, um, you know, a writer has to de determine that they're ready, they're at the state in their craft, that they have a really good uh, grasp on how to tell a story properly, all the elements of properly telling a story on script, and have samples, um, enough samples to be able to share. They also should have at this point submitted their work to different competitions or festivals to get feedback, to get coverage, and perhaps even awards um, to also, I think, show them that they are now in a place that their um, content is being received and is ready to be shared with a professional repre representative. And do you think that writers should really have more than one sample. You, you, I'm assuming you want writers that have two, three, four, five, six scripts under their belt. Is that a better thing? Or do you ever take on someone who's just done one script? I, I don't like to stress quantity. I think it's about the quality of the work. I would rather someone have a couple of really well-developed, award-winning screenplays that are truly representative of their work than a multitude of scripts that are kind of in not the best shape. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, you know, I have a quick follow to that too. Besides maybe their work, how much, you know, these people might just think I need to write a really good script. How much does them as a person, as a writer, you getting to know them factor into stuff uh, when you're looking to maybe represent someone new? I think it's a good question because that's only part of the deal. The other part is the interpersonal relationship. Like, are we communicating well together? Are you listening to what I'm saying? I mean, you'd, you'd really be surprised. And, and that's where I talk about like, if there's a cultural background or there are things in the background that we need to talk about that are holding you back, 
um, that's things that we can explore, right? Because I think that that's also really helpful um, in determining whether or not we're going to work together. And if I'm actually going to be able to be the right fit for you, and if I'm going to be able to help you in your journey. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, you know, I remember when I was uh, on the water bottle tour, as they call it, where you go out and you do meetings and pitch ideas. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, my manager always said, they're really looking not just for good ideas, but they want to know they want to work with you. They don't want you to be a pain or anything like that. And so I think you're right. I think that has a lot to do with it. So I'm curious, you know, sometimes writers can be very introverted. Uh, do you have to work with them on on just skills like taking meetings and things like that? Do you ever get into that? It's interesting. And I'm going to just throw in a side note just to go back to what you asked me. I mean, the other part of it is the business of it, right? It's really about networking yourself and really doing things to further your career, you know, on your own. We both have to kind of carry that weight together till we are able to break you out. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, it's called show business for a reason. You know, it's 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 a business that requires you to listen to the industry and to, I think it helps navigate what you write, when you, what the types of things you're going to write and who to best approach um, depending on what's happening in the marketplace at that given time. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, kind of rewinding back even a little bit, this is kind of a two-parter. How do that before you even start talking to potential clients? How do you find them, or do they find you? And uh, what makes like is there a signature trait that in most people you rep that you know you to look for mm-hmm. um, when you know first meeting people? Well, I was in the business for twenty years before I went into management, and so I was able to cultivate a lot of relationships in, with, you know, producers executives, um, people that run festivals. So I, we got a lot of recommendations sent to us. And then, you know, it's responding to their work as well, right? Um, to see if they're going to be a good fit. I'm sorry, what was the second part of your question? I was saying, like, is there a signature trait oh. that, like, most people have, like, a through line through most of your clients? Or just, you know, that's, like, he has the it factor or she has the it factor, for example. Is, it, it, what, is there something you could maybe... Uh, elaborate on that about a signature trait or something that people need to have? It's really like asking a mom who her favorite child is, right? Because every every child is going to have something distinctive about them, right? So some people um, are really great directors and don't really are a little bit of an introvert, right? But they're really great directors. So that work speaks for itself. Some people have a great marketing background and they're writing appeals to the commercial elements that studio executives like. So she does very well for that reason. And her writing reflects that. Right. You know, so I really think it's I like to think that I'm able to tap into those qualities and see how that will resonate in the marketplace. And that's what I end up selling okay. those particular traits for that particular client. And and we've been staying a little more writer focused, you know, because Austin is a writer's festival. But I'm assuming you you also rep directors. It's uh, no, it's writers, writer and directors. Um, I actually represent four writer directors out of Austin. Uh, so Austin has such a great um, film scene, and I've just been really fortunate to represent people from my home state, and I'm really proud of that fact. Um, but I represent uh, writers and directors for both TV and film. Do you find that a writer or a director or a writer director? They have to build a brand, so to speak. I mean, do they get known for a certain genre or a certain type of script or a certain type of film? Yes, they absolutely get known, especially if that's something that they 
either did themselves first or were hired to do first. They, they, they did a horror film that their their reps are going to get them submitted for more horror films, right? And um, sometimes it's hard to break out of that box. Um, and sometimes, you know, as a manager, we talk about how to accomplish that, right, uh, in a creative way to if they want to do something else, how to make that happen for themselves while still on the studio track. Well, I'm going to kind of flip that question back to managers. Is that a case for managers where managers will start kind of being maybe typecasted themselves as I represent horror filmmakers or I represent drama? You know, is that a thing as well? Or uh, is that something managers have to deal with? I think it's interesting. It's an interesting question. I mean, our our, uh, business over like the quarter century that I've been a part of it has ebbs and flows, right? Like things change. And one thing, they'll want rom-coms one one year and like horror films the next, right? I mean, so that you just have to kind of work within the marketplace. And I think sometimes clients can represent what is actually happening in the marketplace, right? You navigate towards clients that you know can fulfill those needs, right? So I am in a big genre, you know, phase right now. Um, but I also just like my clients because I know they're they're quite um, uh, versatile in their storytelling, right? So it may be genre, you know, horror, but they can also do thriller and they can do action, right? So I like that they have more than one, you know, way to tell a story. What are the steps? Let's say you've got an, uh, a new director or writer, or so, you know, something that you really believe in the script and it's the marketplace is, is ripe for that type of type of project. Mm-hmm. What are the steps do you take? I mean, is it just a matter of going to relationships you've already built? Do you send out uh, the script, you know, like cold to studios or executives? What, what does that process look like? Well, I mean, I, you know, I focus on diversity and inclusion. So a lot of my clients are people of color. What I like to do is I, if I'm representing, say, a Latino writer-director, I like to focus on executives in the marketplace that are from that culture because their agenda is to help elevate people from their community. So that's kind of the low-hanging fruit where you can go to people that you know will be receptive to your client already. And then if they like their work, of course, that's just, you know, even better. But you... You know, so and then it's the second level who deals in this kind of space, who deals in the horror space. And can I get the script in front of them so they can then see if this is something they're interested in, they're interested in. Even the manager's job is not to sell. Right. That's an agent's job. But what we can do is if this script is really attractive to a production company, perhaps they see the potential to have that writer adapt one of their IP that they're currently looking like an OWA or an ODA, right? This guy would be great to adapt, you know, this book that we've been looking for a writer for, right? So there's many ways to kind of um, help someone get in front of the right people. And and for those who might not understand, when you said you was OWA, what, what, what does that mean? Oh, open writing assignment. Oh, right, 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 right. Or open directing assignment. Okay. Yeah. And I'm curious, uh, we have a lot of young people who watched and listened to the show. And I'm curious, you know, if they're thinking about getting into the filmmaking world, maybe into the representation world with you having a very diverse background and skill sets, what do you think are maybe the necessary skills to be a successful manager? Oh, to be a successful manager. And I love that because we don't have enough, I think, um, representatives that are diverse. So I, I, I love that more people would be interested in that. Mm -hmm. Um, listen, I think it's really about, um, 
having a love for writers and for storytelling and really um, educating yourself on, you know, good writers and good storytelling in your community. You can start like if you're if you go to UT and, you know, you know, there's great writers in your program, like just reach out and start asking to read their work and, and following their careers and being a part of their journey. And I think you built those relationships. It's like, it's like networking, right? So you start hanging out with those people. You guys are going to the same movies. You're attending the same mixers, networking events, you know, and, and suddenly, you know, that trust is you're building that up. And if you want to start representing people, it's like, I think it's also starting at a desk, you know, at a management company, or if you want to be an agent at an agency, getting into those kind of programs that are available for that. But, you know, I mean, I think it starts at a young age. Like you just have a love for the business and for writers in general. And and for uh, kind of circling back to my question about, you know, when does a writer need a manager um, and how does a writer get a manager? Um, do you get a lot of uh, specs into you or cold submissions? Is that a good thing for writers to do? Or, or do you think it's better? I guess I guess my question is, is it better to go out and network and try to meet these people at things like the Austin Film Festival and build a relationship first? Or is it good just to send out spec scripts and queries? What, what do you think about that? I don't think there's any one way to skin a cat, to be honest with you. I mean, I think that uh, don't send your script out to anyone unless, you know, you've signed some sort of release, right? Because you want to protect yourself. I suggest that if you write something original that you copyright it that you register it with the Writers Guild. Um, you don't have to be a member of the union to register your script, um, but you should reach out if you think you're ready and in your subject line, it should be something captivating and it should really uh, illuminate what you know awards that you've won or, or something that stands out uh, that a manager will look at that subject line and go, oh my gosh, this is like, got like second place, you know, at this you know, festival. Sounds like I should know who this guy is. You know, I'm curious, yeah. And I, I think me going back to the skill set stuff, a lot of times when you look up film managers, you also see producer next to them. I'm curious what that trend is like. Like, Could you explain to the audience why that is? Like a lot of managers may also be producers. Yeah, I mean, I, that that is something that we are allowed to do, right? So if um, the manager develops something, develops a project and has an idea and wants to work with one of his writers, um, you know, I think that is, if you have that agreement with your writer that, listen, I want to produce this, this is my idea, do you, are you interested in being a part of it? You know, they can decide together, you know, if they want to move forward in that sort of arrangement. But it's a great opportunity to manage, you know, and also to then produce content as well. And so you have a couple of buckets. You get to work with wonderful writers, and then you also get to produce stuff that may be with one of your writers as well. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but agents are not allowed to produce or? They're not allowed to produce, right. That's correct. Okay. So I'm curious what your take on uh, like a boutique agency versus a big agency. I mean, you know, they all have their different skill sets and, you know, attract, you know, certain types of writers. What do you think is the advantage or the disadvantage to either one of those, a boutique versus a big agency? Well, listen, I've only worked at a small management company. I haven't worked at a big one, so I can only speak to my experience. I mean, working um, and being a part of inclusion, I think that you know, we can pivot easily in the marketplace, right? And so I think it has allowed us to be successful sometimes in ways where bigger companies cannot. So, and, you know, I mean, the goal is with a boutique company that, you know, you're going to get 
good attention. You're not going to be just one in a number of people, right? So you're hoping that your experience will be a little bit more specialized and focused. And I know, um, kind of circling back to what Andrew was saying about um, producing, a lot of management companies also represent uh, actors as well. Mm -hmm. And so do managers often try to try to package the project with like a director and a and an and an actor and things like that and if so is it better for them to go like with their own stable of people or do they oftentimes reach out to other managers How, is there like a relationship between managers i guess is what i'm saying when it comes to producing yeah um yeah i've definitely had different management companies reached out reach out to me about if they represent like a piece of talent and they're like my piece of talent really loves your writer they have a relationship and they want to work together on a potential tv show We've done that before. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that happens quite a bit. And I love to do that because it feels like, you know, we're being collaborative and we're all working towards one goal, which is getting our clients a, a good job. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm curious, since we're all at the Austin Film Festival, it's a screenwriting uh, competition, like very popular. I'm curious for all the writers out there, in your viewpoint, is there an art to the pitch when, you know, soliciting or cold calling or whatnot? Is it what's the do's or don'ts or what's the tips or tricks you may have to that? Yeah. Um, I don't get a lot of like cold calls. What I get are cold emails, right? So people reaching out with queries. And again, it's really about highlighting your best attributes in any awards or any sort of recognition that you've gotten. If you really haven't had your project, your script out there read, like, there's so much available to young writers these days. There's no excuse. Like this is your craft. You know, you want it, you want, and you should get it read and judged by uh, professionals in the community. So that really stands out. It's really hard, I think, sometimes to get representation uh, without some sort of work on your part to make sure that you're ready for that. And the way to know that is if communities competitions have kind of acknowledged that in some way, right? It's not to say that it's impossible, mm -hmm. but generally, you know, because we get so many queries, you know, it's nice to see that. I mean, one of my most successful clients did that. She cold emailed me in her subject line and she had a short film that I ended up getting licensed by HBO, right? Oh, nice. Yeah, but it was, it was one of those things where she'd won a few things and there were things that were interesting. And so she put that in her subject line really concisely she happens to be the one that has the marketing background from you know so not really i think that yeah. and it certainly has helped her as a writer she's quite successful now but that's how she caught my attention that's interesting um got another question with regards to television um i was working on a a, a tv pitch and we were told to have you know if the idea is solid you need the HBO version, you need the network version, you need the Showtime version, because they all have slightly different brands and audiences. Um, do you find yourself having to do the same thing, like if you're helping a writer develop a pitch or a TV series, that you sort of push it this way or that, depending on who you're pitching it to? Well, what we do is, especially with writers that are not showrunners, you know, the, the steps are usually to go um, take it to producers and a production company that can then put the pieces together, put the bring a showrunner on board. Like, for example, I had a client that um, we took his um, project to uh, an actor who had a first look deal at a studio, right? And with 
that they, he then took it to the studio itself and said, you know, we want to do this. They're like, okay, let's put a list of showrunners together and let's put it together. It's got a showrunner now. And then they all worked on the pitch together and they took it to the network, right? There's going to be a different version for streamers, right? A slightly different version. It's going to be a little bit edgier. But I don't necessarily make that determination. We kind of wait till the producer comes on board to help further shape it. Um, so you go in with the original idea. And if they like the idea, they're like, okay, we like it. And they talk with the writer to see, where do you see this? Like, who do you think the audience is for this? And if they are aligned or, you know, the writer's open to suggestion, then they, the producer knows he can further shape it uh, with the writer. Yeah, I'm curious too, you know, managers can produce. They have a, like a creative sensibility as well. So I'm curious how a manager would both balance the creativeness of filmmaking along with maybe the logistical end. Um, as maybe they have to kind of wear both hats at the same time. Yeah, writers are like some of my favorite people in the world. I love them so much. It is really difficult sometimes to remind them that we are in a business and that we have to also focus on the business part of this. And I believe that you need to be as forthright with writers to help navigate them in their careers, right? And so it's educating them on that process um, for any particular project. Like if they come come to me with a really small project, you know, we have to have the conversation like, you know, this may be difficult to get in the marketplace. I will try to present it to the right producers, but we should know what we're up against, right? What has been made lately that kind of falls under this umbrella? What are the comps for this? And what has been the su success rate? Let's look to the business and determine how we can navigate a project. I think you have to. You have to do that as a writer. You have to be cognizant of that in navigating the type of work that you do in some to some degree. Was there a moment in your in your life as you, you know as a child or a teenager where you got the bug to even though I know you went to law school first, you had to get the bug for being a storyteller at some point. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious how that happened for you. Yeah, I love television and I loved entertainment. I say this now as a, a grown person. We don't realize how impactful media is to children, especially children of color, as far as affecting their identity and their place in our country. And I think seeing ourselves represented in non-stereotypical roles is important to cultivating that, right? A strong sense of identity and presence. And it also affects confidence and affects socioeconomic direction at times. It has a profound effect. So when I look back at who I was at a as a child and not seeing that representation and trying to make a difference now, it still tears me up. <laughs> well, I don't think we can end on a, on a better note than that. So uh, Sandra, we appreciate your time and uh, best of luck here at the festival and with all the projects you're working on. And feel free to circle back if you're working on something fun and, and want to jump on the show and chat about it. You know, hit us up. We always love to we always love to talk about films and filmmakers. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Filmmaker Mixer podcast, a podcast created and hosted by filmmakers Jeff Stolen and Andrew Lamping and produced by Melody Lopez. Our theme song was composed by Stephen D. Bennett. Make sure to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on and stay tuned for future episodes.